frosty depending where you are uh i got some for that though so this weather is getting a little bit uh, cold and um i'm bringing out the real estate swag so be sure to visit our online store at readysetrealestate.tv forward slash shop it's a good time of year to make sure you're representing again this show supports our real estate nonprofit for the youth and young adults in our communities where we teach, empower, educate them on alternate pathways to success. Be sure to check out realestate100youth.org. We are a federal 501c3 tax exempt nonprofit and it is that time of year for giving. So be sure to add us as one of your favorite charities your donations help our programs possible, our internship program, our entrepreneurship programs, our workshops and our online curriculums are made possible through your generosity and your donations. So I'm really happy to bring a topic to you. And this is a new part of the show that I am doing whereby I get to bring to light some things I have been noticing in the real estate industry. So for those of you who are new to me, Lisa P, Lisa Puerto, super agent, licensed California real estate professional located in Inglewood with a boutique firm, Team Equity LA. And I actually stream live from my office. Yes, right from my fancy, cozy, cozy office. So for those of you who have had an opportunity to connect with me, you know I'm truly local, right in the community. We've been in here for a long time, over three decades uh, serving. So really having uh, a great time. I think this year, this year has been a really productive year 
I think overall for the team, the company, and those that we've been connected with. And with that comes learning and seeing much more of what is happening in transactions. So today, if you're tuning in, be sure you say hi, say hello. Want to shout out to our radio podcast listeners on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Anchor FM, Stitcher Radio. Did I say Breaker? Just wanted to make sure I shout those shows out because uh, we're definitely getting lots of support there. And this segment I'm calling, oh, by the way, this is actually uh, a special segment that I want to do a Q&A because I'm putting out so much content. You're connected with amazing people. And like I said, the guest lineup for this year is really, really hot. That's why I love using the fire emojis. And this year, uh, we have aired over, I'm now on 60 episodes. So I had to split that up into a season one and a season two, because uh, I can go on and on with content and topics in this industry, because there's so much more that needs to be said, shared, uh, brought to light. And I'm using this opportunity uh, to do in between shows to do a live Q&A where you can build with me. We build together and you guys get to share your experiences or inexperience of what you are seeing happening. And currently what I've been dialing about dialoguing about and what I've been seeing in transactions is this thing called cross qualifications. So for those of you who are not privy to what that means, on listings, we are finding that listing agents are requesting slash requiring that a buyer's agent and a buyer agree to being cross-qualified by the seller's preferred lender. So cross-qualification is in, in essence is you as a borrower have already decided who, albeit you'll work with a direct lender or a mortgage broker, you submitted paperwork and documentation to say, okay, this is how much my purchasing power is. This is what I've been pre-qualified or pre-approved for. And the new TBD, this is what I've been um, uh, underwritten for. So there's three levels at this point in our real estate market or industry at which a client can determine whether they qualify for a property and for how much. What is happening is that the listing agents would like to see that borrower also cross-qualify with their quote-unquote preferred lender. Interestingly enough, they're saying it's the seller's preferred lender. Oftentimes, this instructions is placed in the agent private remarks, which means the seller and the buyers, the regular consumers are not privy to those remarks because it's in the agent only remarks. Only agents get to see it. And oftentimes sellers are not aware or privy that a listing agent may be requiring that of a borrower who is considering submitting an offer on their property. There are a couple of things that I'm noticing is potentially a liability that you would be opening up yourself to if you're an agent doing this and if you're a property owner and or seller who is allowing this to happen. 
So for those of you who are online, I did a snip snippet, a sample, and I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I've already had some people make some comments about, yes, they agree. They feel this is uh, these are some unethical practices. And uh, because it's <laughs> it's being seen as one of the ways that they're saying lenders can basically uh, steal other steal business from other lenders who are already working with a client. Is this true? Uh, we've seen it in different ways. And the reason why I wanted to bring it up today is because, you know, agents tend to trend each other. You know, no one's asking the question of whether it's unethical or ethical. Uh, they just kind of follow suit and they just keep it push and they see other agents do it and they say, huh, I think I might do that too on my one on my listings. And they're trying to use it as a way potentially, right? There's different possibilities as to why a listing agent may want to do a cross qualification. One being is they want to assure that the borrower in fact gets the loan, right? They want to make sure in fact the deal closes, the transaction goes through. However, the liability that we are uh, seeing and, and from a contract law standpoint, I'm, I'm, I'm re referencing our, so I'm licensed in California, so I'm referencing our California uh, real estate contract forms. And for this example, I'm talking about a sample of the RPA, Residential Purchase Agreement. And I'm using our latest version, which is the December 2015 version. And I'd like to bring your attention to page two of 10 of that contract. Now, most of you probably don't read this, um, but you should. You should know this like the front and back of your hands because this is your go-to. This is your Bible. This is how you make money. This is how you protect yourself. This is how you protect your clients. Here in our office, we have a saying, if you think it, ink it, and we make sure we put everything in writing. So with that being said, there is a section on this contract, and it may be in various sections on other real estate purchase contracts because I've had conversations with other realtors in other states who have said, yes, they're noticing this, but no one once again is saying anything about it. So I'm going to reference where it is, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about the potential liability that you are opening yourself to on the basis of discrimination. Now we have this thing called the Fair Lending Act, right? And we know how discrimination is very real. We have some of the largest big bank players that were sued over steering. We've had people sued in our industry on the basis of really more just unethical practices and illegal practices. Don't get caught up in this is what I'm saying because you are paying attention to what is trending. Just because it's trending doesn't mean it's right. All right, so I'm gonna sip my juice here. <laughs> so this section here, talks about verification of down payment and closing costs, section H, right? And it's saying that the buyer or the buyer's lender or local loan broker pursuant to the paragraph 3J shall what? Three days, that's default after acceptance. You can shorten that time frame when you're writing this 
to deliver to the seller written verification of buyer's down payment and closing costs. And notice in my uh, example, the box ticked off is letter verification attached, which for our clients, when I work with a buyer client, we do what we call front load. We basically get them fully underwritten and not all lenders do this. So again, if you're a borrower, if you're a home, first time home buyer, or if you are just in the business of investing and purchasing, work with the lender that does this. Most people don't, they don't wanna take the extra time to do it and submit it to underwriting. But I would think I would rather be certain than not that that client can actually get, get that loan in fact. So with that being said, if it's already stated on the contract, right? And this requires a little bit of work for the listing agent to yes, verify the assets, have a conversation with the lender about this. However, they just wanna to defer to another lender and they do what they call lender to lender cross qualification. And here's the thing, if you're submitting borrows information to another lender without their permission, you could be opening up yourself to a liability. That borrower's information includes their tax returns, their bank statements, their pay stubs, oftentimes disclosing their social security number, very confidential information like address, account numbers, bank account numbers. And you potentially, if you are a lender and you are sharing that without the borrower's permission, you could be opening up yourself to liability. That's number one. Number two, there's a section on here that says, section J where it says loan terms. So this is if you are applying for financing, okay? So not obviously not cash buyers, but if you are applying for financing, and it says here that after acceptance, buyer shall deliver to seller a letter from buyer's lender or loan broker stating that, listen to this, based on a review of buyer's written application and credit report, written application, which means they've applied for the loan and the credit report that the buyer is pre-qualified or pre-approved for a new, and in this contract, the letters N-E-W are capitalized for a new loan specified in paragraph 3D, which means on page one, you said in 3D that the client is applying for a new purchase loan and that you are submitting proof that they are acting in good faith in attempting to get that loan. And the reason why I say good faith is because that is a huge, huge, that's a big deal to say good in good faith, that all attempts that you are making good faith effort to get the loan. The other conversation, the other point here that I also want to point out that there's a box that also says that's ticked off here in my example, default letter attached, which means I'm submitting proof. So now if I'm already submitting proof that we've already done the work and in a circumstance that I've seen and I've worked with clients that have been denied a loan by certain lenders. Why? Because every lender has a very different underwriting guideline. We call those overlays. Every lender has a different underwriting guideline. With that being said, you will 
run into a client that say, hey, I was trying to get a loan, but I couldn't. And um, so, you know, ABC Bank denied me. What I have done is I worked with people and I always suggest this because people don't know. You may have been denied for that bank's guidelines, but there may be another lender, direct lender, mortgage banker that have different guidelines that you may qualify for. So as that borrower, you may pursue a lender that will actually approve your loan based on different guidelines. Now, with that being said, a borrower has now, I'm just going through the process. Now, with that being said, a borrower has now found a lender who said, yes, you're approved. They get ready to submit an offer and the seller is now requiring that they get pre or cross-qualified through their quote unquote preferred lender. Oftentimes that's not stating it, it's stated in a counter. Sometimes it is. And sometimes when it's stated in a counter, it says if buyer goes with seller's lender, uh, they, they add some, you know, caveats like we won't charge this fee or, you know, we'll cover your appraisal, these quote unquote incentives. However, if you corner it in a such a, in such a way, you can possibly st be steering a borrower in a direction in which they would not go. Mind you, a borrower has already made the decision of which, which lender, which mortgage banker or broker they have decided on. And if you are overstepping, stay in your lane is what I'm saying. If you are overstepping and you are trying to guide or suede a borrower to work with your quote unquote preferred lender with added incentives, and I'm going to say quote unquote incentives, um, albeit charging fees and not charging fees, if they decide to go with your lender, you could be opening up yourself for a potential liability and a lawsuit. Here's the other aspect of this conversation. If the seller's lender preferred lender, and I have to say it that way because that is the convert, that is the way it's being referenced. Sellers preferred lender. I didn't even know sellers had preferred lenders. Most, most don't. Most first time sellers don't have preferred lenders. Why? Because that is not the nature of their business. <laughs> In the event that the seller's lender denies the borrower who is submitting the offer based on whatever guidelines, What's to say that a borrower may pursue a lawsuit against the seller and their preferred lender on the basis of discrimination? We know this has been very prevalent in our industry. And there are certain lenders that have shown their true colors and we've seen them. There's a couple payouts happening right now to settle the oopsies uh, and the illegal, um, uh, the illegal practices against consumers and borrowers in the real estate industry and in the mortgage industry are very real. We're using this now as a topic of discussion. And oftentimes people wait until someone gets sued and then say, oh, we shouldn't have done that. I'm saying right now, Keep doing it. 
you'll probably set yourself up for a lawsuit because a borrower may say that the reason I didn't get the offer or I was denied that property was because the seller's preferred lender denied my application or my offer on the basis of race or gender. There are protected classes and a borrower may decide hey, I really like that house. My lender said they would do the loan, but the seller's lender said that I didn't qualify. Is that something you really wanna open up yourself for? So I wanted to take this moment to bring it up as a conversation, bring it up. And some of the things, like I said, there are people that have already chimed in, text me, uh, had these conversations and they said, yeah, one, it's an unethical way for other lenders to try to steal business from uh, other lenders. Be careful. Don't do it. Don't let what's trending get you sued is what I'm saying. I wanted to keep today's show short, sweet and simple, informational. Remember to read your contracts. It's stating in your contract. Someone may say, well, Lisa, how do I protect my client from falling out of escrow. I'll say you'll have to buy my book called Just Fell Out of Escrow. <laughs> Top five reasons a property does not sell. In all seriousness, that comes with contract negotiation and strategy. You as a professional should know how to protect your client in that event. Stay your lane. You as a, as a professional representing the seller, and I've seen this time and time again in transactions that sometimes of the bus when they don't know or when they mess up. And again, I wanted to bring it to the forefront because I'm pretty certain most sellers are not aware this practice is happening and could potentially subject them to a discrimination lawsuit by the buyer or the borrower in that potential transaction. Because if it doesn't pan out the way a buyer or a borrower deems fit, deems it should have gone through, because they're saying, hey, I found a lender to say, yes, I'm happy with my lender. Why should I cross qualify with the seller's lender who I have no relationship with? I don't know who they are. I don't know their uh, business rating. I don't have any knowledge of who that company is, but I'm being required, uh-oh, forced to be cross-qualified in order to be considered for this property. Fine line for a lawsuit. Fine line for a lawsuit based on bias and discrimination, depending who that lender is, who that company is, and who is representing the, the seller. So, if you found any value in what I shared today on this week's episode of Ready, Set, Real Estate, make sure you share, drop a comment, feedback. We love to hear from you. And again, it's meant to be an ongoing dialogue and discussion because most people are not going to bring to the forefront until somebody gets in trouble or until somebody gets sued. And we see this time and time again in the industry. This is a very litigious industry, which means people are so happy be sure you're protecting yourself. And if you're a broker who's doing these practices, you should reconsider. If you're a broker 
who may not be aware of your agents doing these practices, you should make sure you are properly managing. And that is one of your requirements as a broker to be managing your agents. It's one thing to have tons of agents and growing, but your responsibility to the department or Bureau of Real Estate is that you are saying you are being responsible for the management and the oversight of your agents, businesses and practices, and you should be aware. So with that, I will end today's show with a happy Thanksgiving bang. And uh, I trust that you guys are all going to have a very, very wonderful week and weekend. Uh, we're doing amazing things. Stay tuned for our next episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate with guest Marriott Martinez, who'll be covering our last series of our three-part series on taxes for real estate professionals, investors, and now flippers. All right, you guys, thanks for chiming in. Make sure you connect, build, and share with me on all social media, at LA Super Agent, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And again, this is the time, tis the season of giving. Again, this show and this platform is available to support Real Estate 100 Youth Foundation. Check us out at Real Estate 100 Youth dot org and again we are google approved paypal approved and we also have a tuesday uh, giving on facebook where facebook will be matching donations so be sure to um, get those uh, tax savings in by donating to a nonprofit that gives back directly to our youth and young adults in the real estate community all right you guys have a powerful and productive week we'll see you next week